Welcome to an encore show of Inside Jokes. Welcome to Inside Jokes. This is about the art of comic. With Sandra Carusi. We get in the mind of the comic. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We just want to party. Party just for you. We just want the money. I'm waiting for it to like kick off. <laughs> yeah. This is America. This is America. This is Canada though. <laughs> I just like to play a hot song off the top, right? A song that's hot on the radio. You are listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, Sandra is away this week, so you're stuck with me. Just Dean Young. Uh, air quotes around that, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Listeners of this show know that Dean Young's not my real name, but I'm still Dean Young on this show. It's fine. We have two fantastic Canadian comics in studio with us. Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Darren Frost, of course, friend of the show, returning friend of the show. Uh, you guys might know him best as one half of the Rank and Vile tour. He's also got, what is it, four DVD? Uh, four DVDs, yeah. Box sets out there and, uh, and a 25-year span of Canadian yep, comedy. coming up on 30. Right? We always round up, right? Yeah. So you have uh, 25 years, though, is, is available to people on a USB collection. Yes. Still the only comic who has put that out. Uh, Darren has some dates coming up here in Toronto and the surrounding area. And we have a new friend of the show. Yeah. Kate Barron is in studio. Thank you Welcome. for having me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Live studio audience. Kate Barron, of course, a comedian originally hailing from Vancouver. CBC dubbed her one of 12 up-and-coming Canadian comedians who will be everywhere in 2018. Is Look that true out. so far? Um, Seems like it. Yeah, I feel like I have been. I've already been in uh, New York, Boston, Chicago, Ottawa, Montreal, and Vancouver this year. Right. Uh, so... You can't get rid of me. Big year for you. And, of course, you were featured on the SheDot Festival here in Toronto, Boston's Women in Comedy Festival. You are doing the SiriusXM top comic oh yeah. coming up. Ooh. So that's a big one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. There's so many heavy hitters in that. I'm just – I'm. it's like I'm just grateful to be nominated. That's it. It's always pretty stacked. And it's an interesting yeah. – like we usually talk about that competition every year on this show. And it's an interesting lineup because they'll have – they do really have a mix of comics. They'll have comics who've been around for, you know, 15 plus years. Sure. Gilson Lubin is on it. And I was like, yeah. wait, don't I do this competition so I can be like you one day? <laughs> yeah. Why are you on my lineup? I remember watching Gilson on like MTV in the 10 spot like yeah. 10 yeah. years ago before yeah. I was started. Well, so, yeah. So I'm up against him and there's, it's all these amazing people. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to do my thing and I'm not expecting a lot. <laughs> okay, Let's just say that. I have that's the right way to jump in. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. High hopes, low expectations. That's my comedy goals. <laughs> I feel like that's you've already you're already like a seasoned comic in that way just by saying that. Just like yeah. I'm gonna well, go. I am coming up on three years. Right. That's a I whirlwind know. three years. Then it is. It's yeah. I've been I've been hustling. 
I've been trying to do it. So when you arrived in Toronto, like, were right. you already on the, the quote-unquote, the Vancouver stand-up scene before you got here? No, I was here for two years before I even started stand-up. Really? So I was an art dealer before. I worked at galleries in Vancouver, and then here I was working for a gallery in an auction house and selling art, and then... One day I decided to blow my life up and break up with a boyfriend and move out. And I was like, you know, it'd be fun. My life's a mess. <laughs> Comedy would yes. be good. That is always a good way to jump into it. Isn't sure. It? That's how yeah. I got into it. Yeah. That's, that's how I, that's Baptism how I Baptism by fire. Right? Things aren't going great in your life. You want to project and get that anger out or whatever. Your problems with the world, not a bad place to start. Right. Yeah. Until you have that sort of anger and frustration right off, right from the get go. That's and it was just built – I had wanted to do it for so long, so I was just like, well, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell anyone, and then I'm just going to do it. And I've just gone at it as hard as I can while maintaining a full-time day job the whole time. That's exactly what I did. When I came yeah. to Toronto, I was just like, similar thing. I had this big split up. That's familiar news to everybody. I've for, heard but, about it in your sets. Right? <laughs> I've heard it on stage. It was a yeah. different one, but that's like a oh, recurring yeah, yeah. pattern for me, apparently. But that's what <laughs> I did, too. I was just like, burn everything. Yep. I'm moving to Toronto. I'm jumping into stand-up. And it was like, that consumes your life. That's what you And then you're like, do. oh, I'm a stand-up comic. That's what I am. That's why I'm a little weirdo in the corner always. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. Everyone's always surprised at people who do those things. But when you look back in, in even history of people's lives, most people had four or five major jobs and shift in jobs in their life. Yeah. It's that true. may not be familiar to our generation, but past generations, they're like, I was a roofer, then I was a fireman, then I was a grocer, yeah. you know, like yeah. they had these pivotal moments. So that's not that strange. I think it's a good refreshing thing, actually. Like I'm doing that now. I still sort of yeah. change careers, if you will, every few years. And it's sort of like, I don't know, it's sort of like you hit a wall with something, right? And and you sort of want to put a bow on it. You're like, well, I've done that. Right. I've right. done what I can accomplish in that on to the next thing, you know, yeah. just to sort of keep it fresh. Uh, we're going to go to break right now, but I want to get into some of what you guys are talking about on stage right now and the stuff that's going on around us and how that <laughs> reflects in comedy. You are, of course, listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Robin Duke, and you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to an encore show of Inside Jokes. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. If you didn't think so, guess what? Your eyes can have it all with Hakeem Optical. We we always give them the best plugs. We have Darren Frost back in studio with us today. I am. Right? Yes. An old, I think you're... a third time, third time, yeah, third time guest. That's uh, you're one of the higher up ones. You're like an Alec Baldwin or a John Goodman of nice. this show. I'll take John Goodman. That's exactly what I mean. John Goodman, <laughs> John Goodman and yeah. yeah, you want that one for sure. And of course, Kate Barron is joining us now. Hello. Just having a hot year in stand up. Trying, right? Trying. It's I know people keep for... saying that, but I'm like, shh, don't say it. Yeah, like, why just... you don't want to jinx it? Uh, yeah, a little bit of that, but also I know, I feel like I know my place. I know I am so new to this and yeah, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just, I don't know. I don't want to pro- be the problem that person. Is, and I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is when you build something up so much, there's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Right? And uh, for someone to just naturally go through this business, there should be as least of that as possible in the very beginning. Right. Because um, I can name you names of comics that got a whole load of stuff in the beginning. And then what happens is where do you go from that? Mm-hmm. Like Canada is such a small market that if you get too much too quickly in terms of hype and press, it's yeah. like, okay, you're already yesterday's news. And then as you grow into a significantly better comic, 
where do you go? So, for example, for a decade, there was Comedy Now. Right. And that was something people, you know, either struggled to get or got right away. Well, the comics that got it right away, then what do you do for the next eight years? You've already gotten your spot. And that's Canadian comedy to a certain extent. So when it comes to young comics, you also mm-hmm. don't want them to believe their own hype because then they'll think everything they say is funny. And that's not natural and kind of your path in stand-up. I mean, that's, that's true, my opinion yeah. about and, it. And I know it's not true. Like, I feel like that is perfect. Like, yeah. yesterday's news, the Kate Barron story. Like, that is not <laughs> It will become that. My it will become that be. if, yeah. if people aren't careful in how much praise they give. Like, I like to praise young comics and take them aside and say good things, but I feel it's a little more great, uh, grounded than, you're amazing, you're great. It's like, hey, you're doing really good. Yeah. Try to keep your head level and do as many sets as you can. 100%. There's a, there's a difference between saying that and just going, you're great, you're the best comic I ever saw you're the cat's meow it's just not smart and it's just not realistic like we were on a show together and I looked at the lineup and I was like oh I'm for sure the worst on this lineup (laughs) but I'm okay with that like I would rather be the worst on a lineup of killers like just have amazing people on there and be learning from them and going out there and watching them you know, between the sets and everything. Like, I, that's what I want. Plus, everybody did horribly. <laughs> Plus, it was just overall I mean, garbage. that's the thing. It's not like <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. killed and then one person didn't do well. Yeah. Pretty much everyone didn't do great because it wasn't a great crowd. So yeah. we all go out. We all do our sets. So yeah. what? You yeah. know? And you fight through whatever it is. Yeah. And that is so true because, I mean, the nature of, of comedy, especially in Canada, is that it ebbs and flows. So you yes. have these peaks and these yes. lows, right? And when you do get those big milestone things that might be on your, your list of things to accomplish... Five minutes after that set's over, it's just another thing in brackets beside your name that people hey, are like. Hey, you get the cover in Now Magazine when there was a cover, yeah. and then the next week, you're not on that cover anymore. And yeah. then it's like, so what? Other than comics going, that guy got the cover, or she got the cover. Yeah. Nobody else cares. Yeah, it's true. It, it's almost like half of the game is really just those periods in between where you're like, well, nothing exciting is coming my way right no, now. I just I, have yeah. to go out and do my material. And Whenever it comes to young comics, I always like to use two names, and that's I always like to use Ron Jossel and Brian O'Gorman as examples of what young comics should be. I wish I could give you a, a female example to be more rounded, but um, because what they did is they just they kept their eye on the prize. They didn't get involved in politics or any yeah. kind of BS of the business. Mm-hmm. They just did sets everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. And now look at them. Now they're killers. They were killers then. They had their, their great eight minutes or whatever. But now they're much more well-rounded comics yeah. because they can play anywhere. They're significantly better at it than me. If I go to some of these places, I probably wouldn't do well. They would kill. It's because they just kept their eye on the prize and grinded it out. Yeah. And, you know, there's tons of other examples. But they're the ones who did it around the world, which I think is the best kind of barometer of what young comics should be looking up to. Absolutely, actually, because here in Canada, especially, you can get so regional with it. Yeah. Where you're like, well, my, you know, and I've seen people even leaving Toronto and going on the road and going to like small town Canada with a, well, I kill though. I kill in the rooms in right. Toronto because that's, you've cultivated that audience for yeah. yourself, but you can't, you don't have like a broad voice that can adapt to other audiences, which is. There's that's, comics that have only played Ontario. They haven't even yeah. been to Vancouver. That's yeah. cra- That's what I'm actually very grateful for that. And yeah. I'm going to the UK for a wedding in June. So I'm using it as an opportunity. I have uh, spots booked at the stand and the comedy store over there in yeah. London and Edinburgh. And I'm excited because I'm anticipating I'm going to real really bomb. I'm anticipating <laughs> yeah. that they're really going to hate me. Uh, they just have a different sensibility over there, right? And it's they're very smart. They have a different sensibility with their audiences. So... 
But I want that. Like, I'd rather try it and see and see how I can improve than not try it at all. Yeah, exactly. It is It is a, a huge part of that is seeing how you can adapt to other audiences. And then you're just a working comic, right? Yeah. I want to get back into some more of this right after the break. Right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Sandra Cruci on Inside Jokes, showcasing the best in comedy. Welcome back to an encore show of Inside Jokes. With Sandra Cruci right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. And if you're just tuning in now, we have Darren Frost back in studio with us this week. I feel like I should be cackling a lot because Sandra's not here, you know? <laughs> Right? <laughs> and it's usually the swears that we bleep out is yes. usually Sandra. Yes. I don't know if the listeners know that by now, but this is a filtered show, reasonably so, and 90% of the swearing is done by our own Sandra Carusi. And of course, we have first-time guest Kate Barron in studio with oh, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. With some big stuff coming up. And if you're just tuning in now, we were talking before the break about uh, comics being able to adapt to other audiences, mm-hmm. and not, not just outside of here in Toronto, but other audiences worldwide. And actually... I feel like that's there's more significance to that right now for Canadian comics because there's also a lot of content being produced that's aimed at sort of a you know everything is for a global audience now right. everything is for yeah, a global market. Yeah, of course. Market. But also if you want to make a living at this game, you can't just play comedy clubs, you can't just play regional shows, you can't just play Toronto. Yep. If you want to make a living at it and only a living and not have another full-time job, you have to travel mm-hmm. or find a way like become a writer and on a TV show and then your side income is stand-up comedy. Unfortunately, and I, and I've said this before, I can only name maybe two or three comics that still live in Canada that only derive their income from stand-up comedy. Yeah, that is There's extremely There's very rare. few of yeah. them. Yeah. There's someone we're going to talk to today, Derek Sagan. There's uh, like a Nikki Payne. Yeah. And right now, Pete Zedlacker, I'm assuming he's not writing on a show, but for years he did. So, I mean, this is the reality of it. If you're only going to be very small-minded, uh, not the best term for it, but, but more focused on one area, then you're going to have a hard time uh, paying your rent. And do you think that's just like a changing of the times? Do you think that's even achievable now? Because there's a certain generation that was that, like Mike McDonald, who we lost recently. Sure. Mike McDonald was probably the best example of that, of sort of a yeah. household name in Canadian stand-up, and that was his job, and that's what he did. Yes. You know, I but feel he was one of the few. I mean, anyone else, few. and even from that generation, they're either not doing it or they had to go and get some other thing because they had kids and need medical coverage and, and yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's reasons why people have to change their job. And uh, Mike was one of the last guys that still was just kind of doing that. And I love that example, actually, you were talking about earlier how, you know, not believing your own hype. Yeah. And we're talking about Kate, of course, has has a great slate of things happening right now. But you acknowledge you're like, well, I'm newer in the game and this is just good stuff happening right now. And it's totally the best way to look at it, because I think I don't know. I remember Tig Notaro was talking about this at Mm -hmm. uh, JFL 42 a couple of years ago. Somebody in the audience asked her at this Q&A, like, what did you do going out when you were first hitting rooms? And how did you deal with like the politics and being in that world and all this stuff? And she just kind of shrugged it off and she was like, well, I didn't pay attention to any of that. The only yeah. thing I cared about was my time. So you could right. book me in a back room in a laundromat or you could book me at a comedy club. I don't care who else is on that show. I don't care who's yeah. hanging around there. I just want to go laser focus on my time, work it out on stage and just practice getting better. You know, I feel like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just sort of like head down, do my time, go in, try to be polite. Don't get into the mix nice to everyone and then leave and then I have to get up in the morning and work a full-time day job. Yeah, exactly. But people are so shocked at that when that's real 
kind of life. I mean, anyone who operates that way in real life should operate that way in comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are a lot of them are, are people like, wow, yeah, these are life skills. I mean, you don't go to a party guns a blazing unless you want that you know rep of being that kind of not nice person. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's totally true. And I always admired that when comics, regardless of how new, you should treat it like your job oh, because the sure. whole reason you're there is you eventually want that to actually be your job. Not everyone. You know? Not everyone. Not everyone. Some people just like to be a little bit of a disturber and, and, and yeah. say and do things that upset everyone, So, but not everyone. Absolutely. And I think that's always the approach I took to it. And actually, I like what you said as well, Kate, just like go in, make be nice to everyone. Yeah. That was always my approach. It was sort of, I, I sort of regarded comedy the way I looked at high school. Yeah, it was like I yeah. don't know what group I fit yeah, into. I exactly. just want to mingle with everyone and just sort of keep my head down and do what I have to do. Yeah, and do it as well as I can, and then just leave peacefully. And I, you know, and I also started older. Like I was already in my 30s when I started. Big right difference. where I'm, yeah. I'm up with people that are in their early 20s or whatever, and yeah. they maybe maybe working part time at a coffee shop or living in their parents' house. I have rent to pay. I have a, a job. And I, because of working in the arts as well and working with so many young artists, I saw what they went through and how they had to market themselves and publicize themselves. And if they wanted to grow their art career and it translates so well over into comedy. And I feel like it's because of that and everything I learned there that's made me be so laser focused and know what I need to do. That's an interesting point, actually. And I, uh, Darren, you started when you were Younger, right? Young, yes. Yeah, and I, I sort of was in the middle. Like I, I was 26 when I first started, yeah. and even then, because stand up was always a thing that I wanted to do, and just sort of would always put it off. And then you know, life circumstances sort of thrust me into it, where I was like, well, it doesn't matter now. I can <laughs> jump into this. Yeah. And I always thought that that was a bit of a late start. And I remember watching comics that, like Sam Feldman, was a great example at the time. When I came to Toronto, Sam Feldman had already been around for a couple of years, and he started when he was like 15 years old. And he was this kid that everyone sort of watched grow up on mics in yeah, real yeah, time, yeah. you know. And I always thought that as well. I was like, well, am I jumping into this too late? But for you, starting at that age, is there a certain peace of mind to that? Like, do you feel like you bring more worldliness to it because of that? Yeah, I just feel like I have more to say and I have more confidence to say it. I don't think I would have been able to, like, I was a garbage human for most of my 20s, <laughs> right? Like, just That's what the 20s are for. Dating yeah. the wrong people, doing the wrong things, yeah. you know, jumping back That's and forth to jobs. About. I just, yeah, and mm -hmm. I feel like because I, I lived so much that I have a lot to say, but I have it from a point where I'm really confident. I don't sway to other people's point of views. I, you know, I have certain ethics that I sort of live my life by and, and values. And I, I feel like just because of my confidence and everything that I've had, it's allowed me to really hone what I want to say on stage and be confident in what I'm saying and putting it forth, knowing that I don't have to backpedal or be unsure of myself. Yeah. And I don't think I would have been able to do it in my twenties or if I'd started in my twenties, it would have taken me much longer to progress to where I am now. That's that's a very true viewpoint because I remember uh, Alan Park, who's been on the show before. You know, a couple of years ago, I had all this life stuff going on. Yeah. That some people, there's an album about it. Just go listen to Life Hack. <laughs> but I had all this stuff going on, and I was sort of working it out on stage leading up to that to that thing. And and Alan Park just said, you know what, you have access right now to so much more life experience all of a sudden yeah. than these 20 year old and 22 year old comics will ever even know about. Plus, you have to think who's buying the tickets to come see your show. Right? There's not <laughs> going to be like sad mid thirties people. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, like someone who's you know uh, on stage and they're saying that like you know I'm, I'm 20 years old or whatever. It's it's hard to relate to someone in the crowd. That's totally true. All right, I want to get into that a little bit more after the break. And when we come back, we will have another guest joining us, Derek. Again, we'll be right back. 
here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is Sandra Badalini, and you're listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Now, back to an encore show of Inside Jokes. Miss you, Darren. Miss you too, Derek. All right, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're back in studio with Darren Frost and Kate Barron, and if you are just tuning in, we have another guest on the line joining us. Derek Sagan is with us from, are you in Montreal right now? Where are you right now, Derek? I am in Montreal right now. I'm in my kitchen. You're in your kitchen. Isn't that nice? You get to do radio from home. Yes, it's pretty sweet. Thank that, you for accommodating. <laughs> that's that's perfect. And we were actually talking before the break a little bit about uh, comics having to sort of adapt to different audiences outside of, you know, we all sort of have our ideal audience and our own built-in uh, crowd that we would love to play to all the time, right? The that's comfort sort of zone. The comfort zone that's sort of tailored to our material. You, of course, uh, know this perhaps better than most of us being a bilingual comic and having the following that you do in Quebec, but also of course, touring across Canada and beyond. Uh, what has that experience been like for you sort of honing your voice to an audience, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you're talking about? Uh, well, there's, there, there there's the, the regional or whatever situation, but then there's also the, you know, like when people have to censor ourselves, I know I've done shows with Darren, where Darren's actually known as a, a much even dirtier comic than me. Right. And then, and he like, remember that one that we did at the university where they made us sign that paper and everything, and you went up and you did such a nice gentleman, he even had a blazer on, yeah. gentleman, nice show. And then I just talked about the contract where they, they made us sign a paper saying we wouldn't sleep with any students within 48 hours. Yeah. And then I get off and Darren's like, what the hell? How are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> And you're like, I didn't swear. I didn't swear. I just talked about the contract. <laughs> yeah. So you played it entirely clean. Yeah. Well, let's let's. Well, first of all, Derek's again is what I call a bad influence. That's what his next album should be called. <laughs> yeah. Because the last time we were together, I got. I don't even drink that often, and most people know that. Mm-hmm. But I spent three hundred dollars at uh, on New Year's Eve at a Yuck Yucks bar. So then we get prices at half. Uh, with Derek, I got so drunk, I woke up the next morning and threw up at the Via Rail Station at 7 a.m. That's how bad it was. <laughs> That's the influence of Derek. Yeah. <laughs> if this was TV, you would see me with my arm up in victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't think many people get to see Darren Frost do that. No, That's for sure. No, it's a small yeah, group. Not even my wife has seen me drunk. Really? Yes. Ever? Ever. Wow. Okay. Well, I wish everybody on this show could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that night. I think you did some other things your wife hasn't seen you do either. No, not in a long time. <laughs> hey, She's glad. <laughs> I, I wanted to get into a little bit, Derek. So you have some tours coming up here in Ontario, of course. Um, That's right. And so what what are some of the, the, the venues that you're hitting around here? Uh, well, we do. Uh, I'm in Alberta this coming weekend, but then I'm in Burlington on uh, May uh, 31st at the uh, Performing Arts Center. Oh, nice. And then the next night in Mississauga at uh, RBC Theater at the Living Arts Center. Lots of art centers. It's yeah. Very, uh, <laughs> I got to bring my paintings with me. And then uh, on Saturday, June 2nd, we're in Kingston at the uh, Isabel Bader Center, which is uh, part of Queen's University. The 14th of June, Brockville at the Art Center. 15, Oshawa at the Regent Theater. And then the 16th uh, in Hamilton, Ontario at the Zoetic Theater. 
Wow. Right. So ending in the lot. hammer. Ending yeah. in the hammer. That's a perfect that's, that's a perfect end to wrap it up in Hamilton. You're hitting all the art centers too. Kate was a Kate was an art dealer before. Yeah. I'll come open for you and bring some painting. <laughs> <laughs> that ties in perfectly. And what so audiences of uh this show especially who are familiar with you, what are you uh what what are you working on stage these days? Is there something uh well, the show the show is called uh, Warning May Contain Nuts. So there is a big chunk that I talk about my kids and being a single dad and having to send kids to school with so many dietary restrictions because of the, the other freaks out there that can't eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> is this the wrong time to tell you I have a peanut allergy? Yes. Are you one of those? Time. But I don't. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Get into it. How do you find that balance, by the way, Derek, being being a single dad and being a touring comic? I mean, this is your bread and butter, of course, so it, you know, puts you on the road quite a bit, and it is it is a specific lifestyle for sure. So how does that work, parenting? I have two. I, it's like a, I'm a, 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 like a split personality by choice. I mean, I have yeah. so, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm like this single dad that's cooking dinner and whatever, grocery shopping and folding laundry, and then Thursday to Sunday is the... Derek that, that Darren got to know that New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, that's right. New Year's Eve, this Derek. Is the best. Yeah, yeah, this is the best life. Living in hotels, sleeping in, and drinking every day. It's great. So it's sort of you get to live two entirely different worlds in a way. Two yeah. completely different uh, personalities. It's lucky, but I, it, honestly, it's hard. Back The back and forth. Like So the first night, like this past weekend, I was in Hamilton. I don't know, Niagara Falls this last, last weekend. And I peaked too soon. I drank too much on Thursday. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then I was mega knee on the Friday. And then when I get home on Sunday, I'm all like, oh, God, there's so much to do. The laundry is behind. I need to go to the store to get snacks for the kids. And it, when you're buying snacks for the kids, you have to look for that little peanut buster logo on the friggin' <laughs> packaging of everything. <laughs> is that why, though? Because you get to sort of cut loose when you go on the road and just do the maybe do the comedian's lifestyle that you used to do for a couple of days yeah that's the it's the best i i almost need a parent with me on, when I'm <laughs> on the road and then, then when i come home i have to become the parent it's uh it's listen i feel very very lucky but also as comedian darren those two darren have kids uh you know in the summertime it's comedy is a bit slower and yeah. the kids are home yeah. On stage, I, jo- I joke about it like, you know, oh, my God, the kids are home all summer. But in reality, I do love them, especially I get to get it off my chest and call them names on stage so that when I come home, I'm like, oh, I love you guys. It's good. <laughs> and I guess that puts a bit more, and Darren knows too, of course. I mean, when, when, when this is how you're, you know, you're raising a family and you're paying your rent off of comedy, which is tough to begin with, I guess that sort of puts a bit more pressure on the whole thing, right? It does. It motivated me from very early on, which is why I, I try to really not complain. Like, you know, a room full of comic can come. We, we you know, like we would burn your ears out with the things that we find unjust or like how, why, <laughs> yeah. why would, why are producers like this? All they have to do is, you know, just offer us a drink or maybe not put us in a motel that have bed bugs. <laughs> it's such an easy thing. But uh, I still, I try at the end of every day, say, listen, Derek, you make, a living you support your family and uh, own a, a, a house uh, yeah. based on just talking about you know my genitalia and things that i don't like in life for an yeah. hour a night you know it's pretty it's a pretty sweet way to make a living so it's not a bad gig it, at the end of the day yeah it almost yeah it almost seemed like the universe is balancing out by having you know the the power brokers treat us badly because at the end of the day we we do make our living doing something that we love and we would probably do for free anyway so 
I uh, named part of my house the genitalia wing, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know, it's a whole wing. <laughs> and before we go to break here, uh, Derek, thanks again for jumping on with us. And what's the best way for people to go online and find your dates? Uh, they can either go to DerekSagan.com slash events or, or direct to the ticket, sort of the ticket broker, uh, my tour manager site. It's uh, hubcappromotions.ca slash on-tour where you get direct links to all the ticket box offices. Perfect. And for our listeners, once again, Derek has a bunch of tour dates coming up all over Ontario. Check him out live if you can. And, uh, of course, look up some of his uh, stuff online. Let's do him. And thanks again, Derek. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you soon, Darren. Cheers, Derek. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. You're listening to an encore show of Inside Jokes. The lovely and hilarious Sandra Carusi is away this week, so you guys are stuck with me, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. She's back. Yeah. And if you're just tuning in, that cackle, of course, is our friend Darren Frost, and we have Kate Barron in studio with us. Uh, so we were talking earlier on about, well, the balance, actually, of yes. you know when you're getting those first few years in stand-up and... And it's going from being a hobby to like, okay, this is a pursuit now. You're getting offered some shows and you're sort of finding your voice. Maintaining that against a full-time career. Yeah, and you know, when when comics tell me they're going to quit their full-time job or, or yeah. whatever, I always like to use this example. There's a comic named James Cunningham. Um, yes. You will know who he yep. is and you will not know who he is. He's generally uh, a corporate comedian now, so he doesn't do a lot of live dates. But for a long time, he was a headlining comic. He did two Comedy Now specials. And he had a full-time job when he still was a headliner making pretty good money. Uh, He worked at a clothing outlet full-time just because he still wanted to just have that daily grind of having something. Because the facts are, the the more busy you are in your outside life, the more material you will write. I know it sounds strange, but the more real interactions you have with other humans and not just comics, you write more comedy. Because what happens is you quit your full-time job, you spend actually less time writing than you did before, you start hanging out with comics, you stop talking to your friends outside the comedy world your whole world becomes comedy 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 and you only write material based on what your other comic friends are now writing about and your world shrinks it's totally true always important to keep a full-time job to the point where it's only damaging your ability to make real money as a full-time comic Mm -hmm. so if you're still going to stay predominantly in ontario you can keep a full-time job now if you're traveling the world a lot and you're in demand and you're making money from that that's when you say maybe i should park my job but a lot of people do that too quickly and it's a mistake because then their whole world shrinks and we're all talking about airplane food i did that exact thing in a way i had a two-year period where i you know i had a full-time i was a copywriter had a Mm nine-to-five copywriting gig and it got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I've done everything I can do with this. I want to pursue stand-up. And, and you know, it sort of ebbed and flowed. Like, I would go and hit the road and tour and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. But in my downtime, that was absolutely the case. Right. And it got to a point where it's like, well, there's no work-life balance anymore. Right. So what am I talking about on stage? Right. Because that is the only yeah. people I would see was other comics. And the stuff I was talking about, I knew going up on stage, like, this material works. But right. it's not relevant to my life right now right. at all. You know, it's sort of retreading the same stuff. And for me, it's forced efficiency. Like I, That's exactly yeah. I work 40 or 50 hours a week doing exactly. business development. And I am, and also being in business development and sitting in marketing meetings for a comedy company, I'm sitting in there and they're going like, we got to do this. This is how we market shows. This is how we got to do this. And I'm like, 
yes and noted. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. actually making me get better. And it's because I only have so many hours in the day, I have to be really efficient booking shows. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to back to back when I'm writing stuff, when I'm writing producers. It makes me, when I'm busier, I'm better. If I have too much downtime, then I'm just like, ah, I can do that later. And then all of a sudden, I'm like 10 hours into Netflix. And too much yeah. downtime breeds depression in stand up comedy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's another factor. Yeah. It's like if you have all day to sit in your room and cry all day and only do shows <laughs> at night, part of your depression is because you have too much time. That's yeah. absolutely true. I'm not because... saying that's the great equalizer and your depression will go away, but when yeah. you have too much free time, it breeds depression. There's absolutely truth to that because, you know, we're all, obviously all of us and we all have different approaches of how we do this, but we're all, we're all mentally ill. We, we are. chose this. Yeah. We're I'm all fine. like the I don't broken know what you're, you're fine. About. You'll get yeah. there. You'll get don't, there. The rest of us are me. like You'll the broken there. toys on the assembly line. <laughs> yeah. And it's true because when you do sort of have that time to just stew on it, then you're, those they gears are turning. They got this and I didn't get that yeah. and they got this and yeah. I'm funnier than that person. Yeah. When you got a job to have to worry about and yeah. real world applications, you don't have time to be like, oh, I, I should have got that showcase. And you almost have, have that tendency to... You know, it is a cliche to talk about comics sort of wrestling their demons on stage, Mm -hmm. but that is true for so many of us. And when you have that downtime where you're just, that's what's playing on your mind constantly, constantly. When your rent is paid and it's covered, a lot of your problems can go away. Yeah. Like the financial burden can be a huge thing when you're just doing comedy for a living. Yeah. If you can somehow cover that nut with something else, you'll, you'll be surprised how much happier you are with your comedy. It can be fun again. Plus, I wouldn't be able to afford to go down and perform in New there York or go. Boston or Chicago or and get UK better. and get better if yep. I didn't have a job and have my bills covered in that. Well, that's totally true, too. Like, yeah. I, there's been a few places where, similar to what you're doing, where I would be going somewhere and I'd be like, okay, who's some local bookers there? What can yeah, I like book? when you went to Iceland that one time, right? I, Iceland was a perfect example. Yeah. And yeah. I was terrified, in a way, because I'm on the flight over there and I'm like, I have to do 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. What are these people going to know about? Yeah. Like, what are my... And I was worried about, am I too Canadian? Am I too sure. Canadian-centric? And so I'm on the plane, and I'm thinking, like, what do I... Do I, like, open up talking about, like, Mighty Ducks 2 or something? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> right. But it worked... You know, turns out that everybody in the world is just so Americanized, just like us, so it was fine. Yeah. yeah. But it's true. It does give you that opportunity to sort of branch out and go, okay, well, nobody brought me here. But I'm there, yeah. so I'm going to work it out in front of an audience, and that's a great credential to have. At you know what happened? In the 80s, it used to be a pulling sensation. Like You'd only go somewhere when someone paid your way, and you yeah. went there, and you, you did it, and you were paid to do it. Now it's almost exact opposite. You almost have to pay your way around yeah. the world, get all these things going on, build some heat for yourself, and then maybe it might lead to something else. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't really the case back in the day. So the hustle is much bigger now. And especially worldwide, if you want to ha- be a worldwide comic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. And I mean, it's it's healthy, I think, to get out of Toronto. And- oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so nice doing shows out of town. You're like, right? oh, this yeah. is nice. Anywhere. Like, you go to, and like... fresh. It's totally true. Like, go to, like, small towns, like, in rural Canada, wherever, yeah. and it's like... Anywhere in the oh. world, I can hate myself more. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Having these feelings in my stomach. This is amazing. Sydney? Wow. It's totally true, because Toronto's just, like, one giant open mic of a city, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. for us in comedy, it's like... You know, listeners of this show, we've talked about it before. We have a quote-unquote a stand-up comedy forum, a comedy community, and it's like four thousand quote-unquote comedians in there. Yeah, like, are yeah, there? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So it's just, it's nice to get away from that once in a while. All right, we have way too little time today, but we're going to go to break now, and we'll be right back on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. (laughs) Welcome back to an encore show of Inside Jokes. We've gotten behind the scenes the career elements of comedy today. Yes. Right? And, of course, Darren Frost, who's been with us on the show a couple times before, you're hitting you're hitting close to the three decade benchmark I am. in stand up. I know. So you have Scary. some things to tell comics. Yep, thirty years Always. I hate myself. <laughs> right? <laughs> Still alive. But it gives you that perspective of like, well, okay, because you can sort of look at, you know, we have Kate Barron in studio here, and we were talking earlier how Kate is in this point right now. She's in her first three years and has sort of, you know, some big things on mm-hmm. her menu right now. Mm-hmm. I'm at the decade mark. I'm taking a break anyways. Right, right. right. For now. For now. For now. But, uh, you know, so you can kind of look at both of us and go, I know where you are right now. I know where you are right now. Comedy's like a staircase. It's very basic. It's like there's right. a year staircase and a big jump to about three years. Then it's five, ten, and mm-hmm. after ten it can go twenty. But the staircases get very small at that point of what yeah. you can do and what you can accomplish. So the very beginning is very exciting. And I think what Kate said in the beginning was very important of like just do your set and that's it. And contrary to what most young comics think, older comics like to help younger comics. Yeah. There's, there's the really no, there's nothing that Kate's going to be up for that I'm going to be up for. Yeah. You know, so when I see a young comic that's very funny, I want to help them. And if you just do that, just do your set and not walk around like you're the the, the big talker, yeah. young, young comics will be rewarded by getting taken on the road, I will talk to bookers. You know, like yesterday I talked to Lauren at the Riverboat, a comic who was there. I'm like, this guy's a headliner. You should have him on the show. These things happen. And as long as you do that, you're you're much better off. And it's the common etiquette of, you know, it's, this is going to sound like an old man get off my lawn thing even for me. But, like, I've seen this go away a lot in the last few years where it's like, go to a show, even good independent show. Rivoli's a great example. Yeah. Go talk to the booker. Yeah. Watch yeah. the show. Yeah. Instead Pay of respect. Just, you know, Try to like, jump on before you've even seen it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, know what it actually is that you're... Because, you know, people will just throw... Book me on this. Book me on this. Book me on this. They don't even know what it is. Well, you book yeah. your own show. Like, you have you your know? own oh, show, yeah, don't yeah. you? And so, how does that make oh, you I, feel when somebody just shows up and tries to jump on not even knowing what the show <laughs> is? My favorite is when I get something and then someone just messages me who I don't even speak with and they go, how'd you do that? Oh, yeah. How'd you do that? Oh, I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah. nice to meet you. How you been? Yeah, yeah. Pal, that's who what I just respond. Yeah. Who books it? How'd you do that? I'm like, oh, get out of here with that. I always loved those. And I would like to clarify, I'm a, I'm doing like a hiatus right now. Yeah. Right. It's the end of You'll Dean Young. Every week is different. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's but we'll see. Revelation. We'll see. Yeah. I'll be, uh, you know, Jesse, hiatus, Jesse Terry will be around sure. at right. some point, at yeah. some point. Uh, so anyways, Darren, you have some dates coming up. I do. Uh, May 30th to June 3rd at the Toronto Downtown Yuck Yucks. And then the following weekend, June 7 to 9, I'm at the WTF Comedy Festival in Sault Ste. Marie. Beautiful. For Rank and Vile with Kenny Robinson. Excellent. And Kate, where can we catch you coming up? You have a show coming up that you want to tell us about. Yeah, uh, I'm doing Wednesdays at Yuck Yucks now, so pretty much every Wednesday I'm there. And then on July 7th in Prince Edward County at the Sand and Pearl Raw Bar, we're doing a kind of a mini festival called Comedy in the County. And we're bringing out a bunch of killers. Um, and then I have a podcast as well that I yep. want to plug, A Positive Spin, where myself and Sarah Starkman, another comic, we talk about good news and, and good stories and studies and press that haven't gotten enough attention and then we sort of we stay positive but also we're comics so we yeah. rip it apart a little bit I think we definitely need more of that though because sure. it's yeah. just like 
inundated with everything's poison and we're all dying. It can't that's rain what, every day. Yeah, but it forces right. me to look up good news and it, and people send us good news now. They yeah. send us cool stories and it's honestly it's like a it's a bright spot in my uh, in my week and we put it out every every other Thursday. It comes out on iTunes. Perfect. And now for your weekly listings. Don't forget to check out ComedyRecords.com for the latest album releases from Canada's top stand-ups and sketch comics. And hit up ComedyBar.ca to see the latest shows happening here in Toronto and the famous Rivoli live comedy downtown Toronto every Monday night. Hi there, I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto, and we're from the comedy troupe The Frantics. You might remember us from our long-running CBC radio show Frantic Times, or our TV show The Frantics, Four in the Floor. Over the years, we have recorded hundreds of our comedy shows, and now... Thanks to modern technology... We have assembled the very best bits and started a podcast we call The Best of Frantic Times. It is, and it's free. Find us on the Google, just search The Frantics Podcast, and start downloading the best of frantic times. Boot to the head! To the head! And now for this week's Comedy Rx featuring Kate Barron. Tell you a little bit about me. Um, I'm 34 and I'm single. And when you hear those two things in the same sentence, if you listen really carefully, all the way in the distance, you can actually hear my mom's disappointment. You can't hear? You can't. My sister says this really loud. Yeah. My mom's not even the worst, right? It's my friends. Because I'm at the age where all my friends are getting married and settling down and having kids. And I can tell they want me to do it too. They want me to come over the dark side. I can tell because they do this really passive-aggressive thing with me. And what it is, is anytime there's a photo of me posted on Facebook, holding one of their... That looks good on you. That looks really good on you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I'm a grown woman. And I know that just because something looks good on me doesn't mean I have the energy to deal with it every single day. And if I did, I'm not choosing your fucking kid. Alright, so make sure you catch both of these comics live. And of course, thank you one more time to Derek's again, who joined us in studio. <laughs> Keep it tuned right here to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta coming up next. This has been Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.